I was hoping it'd be louder, but I just farted. Oh, it just sounded like your chair squeaking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to. <laughs> I was trying to lead it like a conductor in, a, in an orchestra. Just, <laughs> well, hello, and welcome to Bromancing the Stone. It's the podcast for myself, Renee Sanchez. And my good buddy, Max Lyon. What's up? Watch Rob Cubs and then record our thoughts and place them on the internet for the tens and tens of listeners. Listening pleasure. Happy fucking New Year's, almost. Yeah, happy New Year's. Uh, you'll notice this isn't out exactly uh, on a Monday. This is out a little later. We decided to. <laughs> we took a little, a, we took a vacation. All right, back the fuck little, off, guys. We took a little mini a mini holiday break. All right, we extended through the fucking holiday. Uh, but at the same time, we will have one out this upcoming Monday. So. Oh shit! We actually we actually should have. <laughs> I I have it's my choice when I choose it. You'll be excited to want to watch it this weekend. All right? Okay. That's the idea. Right. Um, maybe, maybe we can even, I don't know. We can, we, we'll discuss it anyway. Okay. But that's after we've discussed the movie that we did watch this week. Happiest season. Is it? Which is a rom-com uh, on Hulu. And yep. it was re- released in November of 2020. Yeah, yeah, I saw this come out on Hulu last year, and I didn't pull the trigger on actually watching it. Neither did I, uh, because I didn't know it existed. Uh, but, <laughs> um, and then you pointed it out to me, and I was like, "Well, it's got, it's got implements. Of it's got some people. Like. It's got it's some got, people. Yeah, exactly. It's got a cast. It's got a cast." Uh, so, yes. Um, I mean, we could easily start there before we go into the stats. Like, I mean, we got Parks and Rec represented. <laughs> Plaza. Uh, we got uh, Community represented with House and Bree. Uh, we got Twilight represented. Fucking Twilight. Stewart. Kristen Stewart. We got uh, Shit's Creek. Creek represented with Dan Levy. Uh, we got Cheers represented de facto by Mary Steenberger, who's married to Ted Danson. Also in a <laughs> bunch of rom-coms. And also just in everything as a supporting character, because she's the shit. Um, you know. same, same with Victor Garber, for that reason, for that matter. Yeah, like, we got we got Alias of the House. Just <laughs> <laughs> shouting out TV shows. Got a whole lot of comedy bang bang with Mary Holland, and uh, and then Lauren Lapkus has a bit part in it, and her scene partner as well. Um, yeah, she does a good. Mary Holland does a good. Uh, job as a supporting role. Dan Levy, yeah. I mean, of course, does a great job supporting role. Well, there's a reason for that, and I'll go. I'll uh, go into these stats here to tell you why. Happiest Season is a 2020 American holiday romantic comedy drama film directed by Clea Duvall from a screenplay written by Duvall and Mary Holland. Ah, yeah, and Mary Holland also played Jane in the film. Um, with an Plain ensemble Jane. cast <laughs> consisting of Kristen Stewart, Mackenzie Davis, uh, who I believe she's the one who played Harper, um, Alice Brie, Aubrey Plaza, Dan Levy, Mary Holland, Victor Garber, and Mary Steenbergen. The film follows a woman who struggles to come out to her conservative parents while she and her girlfriend visit them during Christmas. Duvall has said the film is a semi-autobiographical take of her own experiences with her family. Mm. 
Uh, one thing it did mention is that it was released on DVD along with streaming. Oh, was it? So there is a box office total on Wikipedia. Um, it's also 102 minutes long, which felt that way. Of course, we were still doing other things. <laughs> we were, we were still working. <laughs> <laughs> it's the beauty of work from home, folks. We can multitask. Uh, but, uh, but nonetheless... Uh, there is a box office total given to this film, I think, from the like DVD aspect of it. Interesting. Um, what do you think that total is for this film? It's got to be something insignificant, right? Like fucking $5 million, $10 million? <laughs> Your idea of insignificant is significant. <laughs> it's $2.1 million. There we go. Yeah. I, shit, if you had asked me and I was going as significant, I would have gone like six figures. Six hundred. Oh, well, yeah. Anyway. Um, the film it's uh, the film won a GLAAD Media Award in April 2021 in the Outstanding Film Wide Release category. Okay. So that gives you an idea of its reception. Um, in April 2018, the TriStar acquired the worldwide distribution rights to the film. And then a bunch of, you know, financing and shit happened. They got people to uh, agree. And then uh, principal photography began on January 21st of 2020. In oh, Pittsburgh. Jesus. So right before COVID broke out. And wrapped, well, well, and wrapped on February 28th of 2020. Oh, Jesus. Shortly before the film industry was halted due to the COVID-19 pandemic. During wow. an interview on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert uh, in 2020, or uh, on December of 2020, um, Aubrey Plaza revealed that various people on set, including Kristen Stewart, tested positive for COVID-19 around the time they were filming. Wow! Has nothing to do with vaccination status or masks. Definitely not. <laughs> it's just a coincidence. It has nothing to do with those things. We still don't need either of them, clearly. Go get I your mean, fucking vaccines. They all survived. I don't like none of them are dead. Now they have the now they have the antibodies. They're stronger than ever. They probably just had a cold. It's a fake, a fake sickness. I mean, isn't it just the flu anyway? Like seriously, anyway. (laughs) Anyway, this film has two hundred and six critical reviews. Damn. On. What should we call it? Uh, rotten, rotten tomatoes. Tomatoes. Rotten tomatoes. Rotten tomatoes. What is its percentage? Seventy mm. percent. This puppy here is certified fresh at eighty-two percent. Wow! What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, The critics' consensus, a jolly good time with heartfelt performances and more than enough holiday cheer. All you'll want for Christmas is happiest season. Okay. (laughs) 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 Let's go into some of the specific um, ones here. So... Uh, Allison Wilmore of New York Magazine slash Vulture, which is a right. popular culture website. Finally, but, we get some reputable yeah. sources here. <laughs> um, they, uh, yeah, she's considered a top critic. She gave it a fresh review, um, writing, proving a conservative format can change is well and good, but there's also something to be said for just leaving it behind. 
What is she referring to? I guess rom-coms in general, but like at the same time, I mean, we could talk about it. I mean, we joked at the very beginning, like we're going to be two heterosexual males in their thirties talking about like homosexuality. Yeah. Let's just, let's just, Let's just get this out there right now. There is a massive element to this movie that we are not going to understand or be able to relate to or have any fucking words on whatsoever. Yeah, that we're just not going to be able to fully connect with. And, you know, that's just that's just how it's going to be, guys. Um, And that's and that's fine. We can we can sit here and and give it kudos for for tackling that. I think it was. Uh, we and, can talk about how that was implemented, but and much like Jane says, when both her sisters admit stuff to their dad, I am haven't done anything, but I am an ally. <laughs> so that's, that's, exactly that's in the wise in the wise words of plain Jane, Mary Holland. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, so that's. Like that's basically where we're at. We're, we're allies and such, but we can't really speak to it. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, um, I see what they mean about just everything played very true to experiences I've heard from those who are homosexual. Yeah. Whether it's through podcasts and someone sharing their experiences um, or just friends who talk like and like and not even like just like they're coming out story or anything else. Just in general relationship dynamics. Like, yes, um, that's the that's the relatable part of this movie is like, yeah, yeah. the, the upfront version of it is, yeah, they're two lesbian women who want to be together and want to, and one of them needs to come out to their family. Yes. That's the upfront issue, but Mm. deep down inside, this is about just family acceptance and shit. And like it, I think a lot of people can relate to that on some level in some form or another. So. And on top of that, the, the, there's a a podcast called the read, which involves a, there it's two um black podcasters one is a gay male and one is a, a gay female well i she's either gay or bi i'm i'm not i, I probably should know it's okay it's okay i should know better but nonetheless she does but she's yeah she's not straight um anyway <laughs> nonetheless that they they do she she'll like crack jokes about just like being a lesbian things like that and that and i think in like there's one podcast where she cracks a joke about how lesbians relationships basically progress at three times the speed of a regular relationship really and like just like where you like immediately women just know that it's love like and when it's like a lesbian relationship it's just like you know it's like and then there's the whole idea that they've been together six months and she was ready to propose and yeah. that whole aspect of it made me think of the jokes that <laughs> crystal would crack on her podcast with kid fury and i'm just like oh this this rings true this rings true like just anyway yeah, that's that's about as far as we're going to dive into that. Aspect yeah, of I mean, we got that's as far as we can go. That's as far as we can fucking talk about. We're, like we're hang, we're sitting in the three foot area of the pool. I'm going <laughs> to let y'all go ahead and dive into the deep end on at your own. You know, you swim as as you'd like. So because there's there's still plenty to talk about outside of that. Exactly. Uh, Richard Roper of the Chicago Sun Times, top critic. Good old Roper. Yep. He, you know, reviewed with Roger Ebert. He gave it a 2.5 out of 4. Uh, Considered a fresh review. It's the movie equivalent of one of those specialty caffeinated holiday drinks, like a 
toasted white chocolate mocha or a chestnut praline latte. A guilty pleasure filled with sweetness and warmth, but also an abundance of empty calories. <laughs> uh, that's actually that's a pretty good review. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Emily Vanderwerf of Vox, uh, another top critic, uh, they wrote, uh, is the movie full of every cliche in the book? Yes. But because it takes place during my beloved Christmas season and because it's got Davis at, at its center, I went with it. <laughs> 3.5 out of 5. I mean, that's what you have to do. I mean, that's it's exactly what you have to do with Christmas rom-coms. With rom-coms in general, for fuck's sake. But certainly with Christmas rom-coms, they're going to be cheesy. They're going to be predictable. It's just the way <laughs> of things. Um, and then... Well, go. There are some negative reviews, of course. Uh, Samuel Spencer of Newsweek, considered a top critic as well. Uh, with Happiest Season, the LGBTQ plus community may have reached cinematic quality in one key aspect. Now it too has its own average to bad rom com <laughs> that the straight community has been churning out for decades. <laughs> oh, welcome, <laughs> welcome to the club. Welcome, guys. welcome, guys. Welcome. We've been here. We've been here. We've been new. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> welcome, guys. Um, and then uh, <laughs> Ty Burr of the Boston Globe wrote another top critic i'm, I'm just picking top critics because there's actual i, I mean yeah dude, now. we got some yeah. heavy hitters in this one yeah uh watching happiest season is like opening the wrong present on christmas morning you're a little bummed out and it's too late to put it back in the box <laughs> <laughs> but he gave it a two out of four it wasn't horrible horrible but yeah um tim grierson of screen international uh, another top critic wrote a negative review as well saying all too frequently the actresses seem smarter than the material forced to navigate preposterous twists and increasingly silly plot complications that is very very true yeah uh i mean the <laughs> the i would equate that to the uh whatchamacallit the um fucking the part the the jewelry in the the what's it called the rock not theft the theft thing oh uh it's shoplifting shoplifting that's the goddamn word <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. yeah yeah the whole shoplifting angle with the whole kids like doing that on purpose it, yeah and they're never getting a comeuppance for it uh, they never we never have any other fallout or resolution about that like what was the point of having that in the movie just to show I mean, that like she's being targeted it, by it, members of the family like what well that one that the kids are slightly evil because fuck the, those kids honestly like, yeah because salsa Bree's supposed to be the villain of the film at that time um and so the kids are kind of an off offset of that and then on top of that it's supposed to also show that what's well, it basically it separates her from the family so that she can then encounter Harper one-on-one or not Harper, excuse me, uh, encounter Riley one-on-one Riley, uh... and then uh, Aubrey Plaza's character and then be able to go out and get drinks and find out what happened between Harper and Riley. It just, it felt like we had all these like supporting characters and then with them, all of these supporting potential plot lines that could develop from them. Like we've got Riley, the ex-girlfriend who we learn is her best childhood friend that they grew up together and then they dated. Like that doesn't just go away overnight. We could have learned more about that. We could have had drama come up from that. We could, all that. Nothing happens. Uh, we have. Who else do we have as a story? Yeah, like Tennessee. Oh, the fucking mate. Stop watching the Tennessee game. They uh, they had a guy wide open and he missed him. Oh, because he got hit in the arm as he threw it. That fuck face defensive player. How dare you do your job correctly? Anyway. 
continue. We have the we have the mayoral race that is like kind of a background plot line. Anyway, my point is, is like we have all of these different ways the movie could have gone. And it it, it didn't really go anywhere. Yeah. I, like that's that's where I would hit it with a negative. Or I would agree with all of these with all of these reviews to some extent. It was entertaining, the acting was decent. Um the writing and the script was a little lacking, but it was fine. It was just overall like the the plot movement is just kind of like, eh, all right. It's very it was very much like we sat through what, a hundred and hundred and two minutes. two minutes, and it was like I what did we gain from this? Like it didn't it didn't hurt me. It didn't like rob me of two a hundred and two minutes. But at the same time I walked away and just went, I my life is not improved or destroyed by this movie. So what was what did I watch it for? <laughs> we'll go with one last review here. And it's not from a top critic. It's just from someone named Nicole Ackman of Next Best Picture. Uh, they gave it an 8 out of 10 and wrote, With a bleach blonde Kristen Stewart and Christmas music galore, it sets itself apart from other Christmas movies by featuring a romance between two women. Yes, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. It's a... It's a it's a Hallmark <laughs> movie with a few funny supporting characters and um, a non what is it non heteronormative yeah. relationship for once. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I mentioned Parks and Rec earlier. <laughs> that just reminded me of like a Perd Happily review on film. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like this movie has two women in love with each other instead of. With the, with males, uh, Perd Harpley gives it uh, one. What's up with Perd? You heard. You with heard. Perd. With Perd. <laughs> Just, <laughs> like, That's such a good show. I feel like a mix of just that review with also the review by the guy from uh, I think it was Newsweek. Um, <laughs> the yeah when the guy from newsweek where he says uh, with happiest season the lgbtq plus community may have reached cinematic quality in one i think he meant equality in one key aspect now it too has its own average to bad rom-com <laughs> of the sort that the straight community has been churning out for decades so i, I want to know where the hell this eight what was it 85 percent is coming from 82 82% like <laughs> well because a majority of it is just a matter of like yes because it's a lot of people doing what we do with this podcast we're just like yeah we get it this isn't we That's aren't true. reinventing yeah. the wheel here like it's just uh, you know it, it's uh I it's mean, showing a, a different aspect of a relationship that we haven't it, shown in other rom-coms quite frankly this is Fit, this is like a fitting almost sequel to the family stone that we watched previously like it's a little bit yeah similar dynamic and everything similar dynamic where it's just like there's family issues in a rich household and out right. in like in, in this like small townish area of uh of indescript state that they don't yeah, they never told us right they never told us what the state was um, and so on top of all of that, you're also looking at just like, uh, I, I think of if they, if for some reason in the family stone, the kid or, you know, the kid who's deaf, who like, who also ends up being gay, like, I wonder if this is just kind of like the prequel. Like this is the what he dealt with, 
initially. Coming out, yeah. Coming out and like, well, not necessarily in that family, but like maybe on the black, like on the other side, um, his partner's side. Yeah. yeah. With his family, like, what do they run into the same sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it's just. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's it's they, a new they take. They didn't they didn't talk about it and they don't talk about it at all. Do they ever go to the black guy's family's like holidays? <laughs> I mean, they keep going to the same house each time, so who knows what kind of relationships? You know. Anyway, um, so, <laughs> nonetheless, uh, yeah. So I mean, there there's all that, but one thing I was. Despite a lot of like, I think the best way to describe it is the the closet joke. Oh yeah, when she the comes out of the closet. To, the best way to describe this film is the closet joke, where Kirsten Stewart is in the closet, literally, mm-hmm. and then Mary Steenburgen opens the door, and why are you why are you in the closet? Pause for laugh break. Ha 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 But then immediately Mary Steenburgen follows it up with a whopper of a line <laughs> that I could not believe. It was where she goes, oh, have you been taking Ambien? I once took so much took so many Ambien that I accidentally bought a racehorse online. <laughs> I was not prepared for that punchline. <laughs> I was not prepared for the truth that she spoke. But that was my other fucking truth. And I feel like Mary Steinberger actually did that in real life. <laughs> that could have definitely been an ad-libbed line. For fucking sure. I mean, especially with what with what we've seen of her in all these other past fucking movies, like she always has little nuggets of lines like that. And she does, and it's because she knows how to goddamn deliver them. She really does. As so yeah, scores I, a sixty-two yard touchdown. That and there goes your bet. It's okay. It's okay. The game did go over though. Finally, so. We're going to be about even for the game, but can't say it doesn't hurt. Can't say it doesn't hurt. <laughs> and you delivered that well. That was a good joke. See, you delivered it well. Thank you very much. Thank you. Just like um, just like Daniel Levy delivers good lines. Oh, my God. The fucking the tracking joke is so good. Like. When she when he shows up to the house, and it's like uh-huh. that is a that is a jump in logic that is very understood to ask about when someone shows up to this house that you didn't give the address to. How are you here? And they just explain it away in the plot by saying, "What did you get about me about that I'm tracking you?" <laughs> it's just like it's just you can get away with it because it's fucking Dan Levy. <laughs> Delivering that goddamn line. <laughs> Just like, oh, oh right, yeah. Nod, nod, nod. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that um, tracks. That tracks. Yeah, that tracks. That tracks. Uh, fuck, and, but then there's also, and then they double down on that joke when fucking Harper goes and gets Abby at the gas station. <laughs> just like what how what are you doing here i'm tracking you john showed me how <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> it's just like when it was just like oh we're not done with that joke we understand how good it is <laughs> and we're going to and we're going to keep it going <laughs> it's so oh it's just so there's like moments of brilliance in this film that right right you stick it around followed by other moments of just general rom communists that just that don't necessarily feel like oh god here we go again but more of just like oh yeah just you're feeling home like it, 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 exactly it, it's it, comfortable it, just, it warms over you 
you know. As Daniel Levy says in in his character, like, I'm sorry, I'm your friend, and I need to be giving you a safe space to discuss these ideas rather than judging you. Yes. That's what the movie did. It gave us a nice, comfortable setting for a Christmas movie. It was everything it should have been. Yes. And it just happened to involve a lesbian relationship. Yeah. But same familial struggles, same relationship struggles. Um, I mean, how many fucking relationships have we critiqued by now that one of the two is kind of dragging their feet in admitting what the relationship is or Harper is fuck boying it up in this film. Yeah. Harper is tremendous. Oh shit. Don't wait. Tennessee on the first play all the way down to the five yard line. This game is nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. Um, yeah, much like I'm being kind of a podcast fuckboy by watching this game while we're trying to record. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. That's Harper at back home. It just she she was an ultimate fuckboy in this film. Every yeah. time every time that something fucked up happened, like the first off, that she's not out. Granted, it's her choice as to when she comes out to her parents and when she feels comfortable coming out to her parents that's all understood. Right. To lie about it to your partner and to not tell her until your moments from the doorstep. Yep. And yep. to, and to like quote unquote, get carried away when inviting her to Christmas. That's, that's three strikes. <laughs> that's three I, strikes I also, out. I also that's, didn't like You're already in that situation. Why are you uh, – how are you justifying not catering to your partner who you've dragged there into an awkward situation and forced them to play along? You've convinced them this is the right path we need to take. Yes. They're being a good team player and they're playing along with this. Yes. How are you still like – when she says, I'm tired, I just feel like I kind of want to go home. You're like, okay, you can go ahead and go home, get home safe. I'm going to stay here and stick around and talk to my ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Like, gay or not, that's, that's fucking stupid. You're an idiot. What's yeah. the matter with you? Like, <laughs> like that's <laughs> holidays 101. If you go out with friends and you take your, your boo thing. Your spouse, whomever. Your boo thing. Yeah, whomever. They decide when you're done. Yes. If they are not a part of the group of friends, they decide when you are done. Only in extenuating circumstances do you draw that line. Like, if she had been throwing a temper tantrum and you're already kind of sick of it, and then, I don't know, something happens where you actually kind of do you've need to stick lost, around. You've already, you've already lost, Max. It's, Max, it's already, Max, the, the evening's Max, already shot Max, anyway. Max, you've lost. <laughs> you do not make excuses for possible transgressions. Like, you do not. You have I'm to just. Make, I'm just trying are, to allow for a, a gray area that she doesn't even remotely get into. <laughs> don't <laughs> like no there is no gray area here there is one person that you're sleeping beside well if you were actually sleeping in the same room see that's the thing it's like yeah. she gets she gets a little too caught up in the the make-believe game that she's got set up here with her parents i think where she's just she's actively ignoring her significant other because she's now she's living that fucking lie that she's telling to her parents that this is just my roommate, you know? So she's like, it, it gets in your fucking subconscious. You start you distancing yourself every day that you guys are spending there. And it's not, nothing I mean, about it is healthy. Well, and that comes from being touchdown Tennessee. Holy shit. <laughs> Jeez. It's about to be tied at 38, yeah. All right, that's the last I want to fucking hear of it. 
<laughs> Unless you come out of left field and you win the bet at the end of it all. So you're saying there's a chance. You're saying there's a chance. <laughs> Not a good one. Because I needed to win by double digits and they're just about to tie it. With three minutes and 37 seconds remaining in the game. I've seen crazy. But I've seen stupider things happen in football. Uh, anyway. The thing, that co- the thing it comes down to is, I mean, it's it's shown, not necessarily told. You can infer and really create a whole world behind it. But it really comes down to the fact that they, they come from the, the family of a politician. Yep. A, a, politician, a male politician. Yep. And so when you come from a family where... Uh, the male figure is, you know, the main has to be the main figure has to be the, the center of attention. Yeah. I forget. I forget um, what it's called. Um, it's I'm blanking on it too. It's um, but there's like a it's patriarchal. Yeah, yeah, that's. Um, sociopathic. Uh, <laughs> what? It, not sociopath, but like it, it's something along those lines. Um, uh, mostly that it's it's focused on him and his ego and everything that he does. Like everything the family has done is to serve the purpose that he's trying to create as a politician. And then thus he provides this world around them. Right. Through. So it, it, so basically when she can't really come out because she's earned her place in this world. And when she gets put into that world, it's hard for her to get out of said world. Um, that's well, the whole, that, that like, that's the whole like nuts and bolts of it. It's just that it's really hard to like discuss that without hours of therapy and like <laughs> research and other things like that and diving into the father character more than they do. So well, here's, that's a, here's where we're going to touch on it a little bit. And there we touched on it. And now you get why the daughters are kind of fighting with each other all the time. And you get why she can't really come out and, Here's this is where the story comes from, guys. Yay! And John touches on that a little bit. Dan Dan Levy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he pulls, uh, not Harper, Abby. He pulls Abby aside and is like, you know, that's wonderful that you know you had that experience with your parents of coming out that it was so nice and easy, but not everyone has that. Mm-hmm. Everyone's path is different, so. Even something as subtle as that, like he doesn't need to go into detail. I mean, he does. He starts to explain his experience. But you don't really need much more detail than to just assume that, all right, well, okay, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because, you know, this is this is the world she grew up in. It's obviously now that we've seen the family, it's obviously a, a stifled world. Um very inhibited world um, to the point where they all need to like come out and admit things at the end of the movie. Oh my God. What happened with the game? On third and five Purdue just threw a 70 yard touchdown pass. Jesus Christ. It is now 45 38 Purdue. Wow. Uh, this game is nuts. It is nuts. Then why don't we just pause the podcast and let you finish watching the game? Because I'm also enjoying our conversation. Oh, okay. We've been doing we've been doing two things all day. We were working and watching the movie, and now we're podcasting and I'm watching the game. I can do both. <laughs> <laughs> I, I sound like Harper. It's just like, no, I'll come out after the holidays. Come on. Um, yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> Come on, guys. No, um, <laughs> wow. Anyway, um, it, but yeah, as as John said, like there's everyone has their own experiences with with coming out and everything else like that, and that's and so yeah, the family dynamic, of course, that's what makes the whole movie, and that's and it's which, all set, which is a, it's all centered around the just the male dominant figure, and even he comes out at the end in, in his own way and says. I'm just doing this shit because I wanted to make you girls proud and I wanted to support you and, and build a good life for everyone and, and maintain that life. And and it, yeah. It's, it's nice. like every fucking family needs to learn a lesson from that scene. Like, <laughs> like that, that aspect is nice, but that also I very... can see where all the negative reviews are just like, they finally got, they got an LGBTQ plus Rob Cobb, like, that's where the Newsweek <laughs> review comes back to my head. Where it's just like, finally the LGBTQ plus got their own version of a bland-ass Christmas Rob Cobb. Yep. It's just like, and then he brought out a fucking perfectly cooked goose <laughs> with Ebenezer Scrooge. Yep. <laughs> and he learned his ways, how bad it was to hate the gays. <laughs> like, it just... All right, dog. And then they cool. sit down to dinner, and it's uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. And you know, it's a wonderful life is playing in the theater next year, <laughs> and we're all gonna go. Oh out God, I didn't. Yeah, I I saw that, and I didn't even click. Yeah, that's such yeah. a like. Of course, it's fucking playing. Let's go watch. Let's go watch. It's a wonderful life. I finally made. I didn't make her, but I, I finally got Gabby to watch that. What did she think of it? <laughs> I can't have a conversation with you when you're like, what? what's happening in the game? Fucking tell me. Tennessee just caught a 55-yard pass and they're at the 10-yard line. Jesus Christ. Is There's there... still two minutes left in the is, game. Is the Only defense just falling apart in this game? <laughs> Defenses, defenses. That's what I mean. Them. Yeah, both of them. <laughs> there is this game is getting. It's about to be forty-five, forty-five. They're at the two-yard line. They're they're literally not snapping the ball because they want there to be not enough time for Purdue to score back. <laughs> Jesus Christ! What is happening? Touchdown, Tennessee! <laughs> Holy fuck! This is the craziest shit ever! This is our best episode ever! Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not only going to have... No, it's a, not. A sol- it's a solid movie with a pretty good conversation and a lot to talk about, which I think, you know... But it's of also going to have my ruddy commentary of this fucking bonkers bowl game! <laughs> this is nuts! Anyway... <laughs> Did you have anything else to say about the film? <laughs> um, I what was I, I well, you, t- you talked about how you got Gobby to watch It's a Wonderful Life. Oh yeah, I, I still haven't done. Yeah, it's. I mean, uh, she she was actually pretty invested in it. She was she was watching it the whole time, and I kept giving her an out and <laughs> and being the boyfriend that's just like. We don't have to watch this, <laughs> like, because at one point she's like, "Why is this a Christmas movie?" I'm like, "Honestly, I don't fucking know." Uh, I, like, it, it's kind of like in How I Met Your Mother with the uh, the trilogy, and where yeah, uh, when he uh, he like he doesn't want to, you know, impact Stella's judgment of the film. Yep. yep. So he has to go and sit in the other room. Yeah. Yep. And then and then Marshall realizes right away she didn't like it. And mm-hmm. and then she was just like, "What was with the dog person?" <laughs> <laughs> um, and so on and so forth. But nonetheless, um, but but she yeah, seemed to like it. It was you gave her that out, and she still was she stuck through. And she's and now she's that much more culturally educated, I guess. God, I sound <laughs> like my dad. <laughs> 
Like, here, let's sit down and watch 2001 A Space Odyssey when you're 10 years old. Most boring fucking movie of all time. <laughs> and that's coming from a sci-fi fan, all right? <laughs> just... <laughs> See, folks, you not only get a, a rom-com about a homosexual couple, <laughs> you also get sports. And you get sci-fi talk. <laughs> this podcast contains multitudes, motherfuckers. We are we are a uh, cross-genre podcast. All right, we're just expanding our horizons. But you know, that's the thing. There are funny parts. There are nice performances by the cast. But we've literally only talked for forty-five minutes, and I feel like there's nothing else to cover from that. There, there really isn't. I mean, it is what it is. It's you get what you get. It's a very cut and dry, easy to follow, simple. It movie. is, it is a Christmas sugar cookie that comes in a twelve pack in one of those plastic things that they put in the bakery yes. of the grocery store that you pick Absolutely. up to take to a party because you forgot to make them yourself. Except this one has gay sprinkles instead of straight sprinkles like that's literally the only difference it's still a fucking cookie so max what's the difference between gay sprinkles and straight sprinkles oh my god (laughs) i walked into that one didn't i (laughs) um well, I, I honestly, I don't see <laughs> sexuality in sprinkles. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you were about to go with the don't see color joke. Yeah. But then realized I literally, I literally revised it. Yep. I was and like, so, I don't, don't want to make and, a and color joke. Sexuality. So then you immediately were just like, uh, I'm just going to keep going with it and hope that no one re- realizes. We all realize. <laughs> You fucked up. You fucked up. Anyway. Uh, um, we ask this every podcast. This one's going to be one of the more difficult ones. What's the kiss of this film? Um, I guess the one in the, the gas station? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. They kiss so many fucking times in the film. I mean, I'm not complaining. Uh, I mean... One thing I will give Grace the story is that she is a good on-screen kisser. Whatever, yeah, yeah. Whatever film she's in, um, in Adventureland, I that movie was a little underwhelming, but I, I expected more out of it. But then again, I watched it when I was like a early twenties person. I might rewatch it at some point and see what I think of it now. But uh, the one thing I will say is that her and Jesse Eisenberg had a good chemistry when it came to on-screen kissing. Um, and and Mackenzie Davis isn't bad in that scene either. She's, I mean, like in the in, in the way that she approaches kissing as well. On she's screen. she's got her eyes are interesting. She's got the crazy eyes to a point. <laughs> They're just really light. Yeah, They're real yeah. blue, like but- real blue. They're also, they're very expressive. So in that scene yeah. leading up to the kiss, when she locks eyes with Kristen Stewart and she's like, she's looking deep into her. Yeah. So it's. it's and when she initially comes out and it's, it, it doesn't move Kristen Stewart right away. And she has right. to go to the gas station to get her. But when she initially finally comes out after like fucking around the first time, like the like the eyes did say like, Oh my God, I did it sort of thing. Like there was like a sense of accomplishment yes, and just yes. like a sense of relief. And it all showed through her eyes. And at the same time, it, but at the same time, there was this still this question mark, like, are we good? Yeah. <laughs> like, it just, it's like, are we good <laughs> now that I've done this in front of five people, the most intimate people, but five people instead of, 60 people that I said yeah. that I wasn't gay is really good. No, no. Okay. I'll, I'll meet you at the gas station. I'll meet you at the gas station. We'll finish it up there. Uh, I've been tracking you. Um, no. <laughs> I learned from John. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, 
The thing is, I don't remember their lips touching at the gas station. That's the thing. Um, I do. There, it was actually a decent kiss. I'd give it a solid B. Um, it was, it was good context, good lead up to it. Honestly, the lead up to it, the dialogue leading up to it was kind of shitty. That's what brings it really mm-hmm. down for me. Cause it's just like, she goes there, she states her case. She kind of like half hearted, not half heartedly. Mackenzie Davis actually does a good acting job. It's the writing that is half hearted where it's just like half hearted script of like, I want you back. All I need is you. I'm happy with you. And it's like, that's it. Yep. That's that, that's your big monologue to win her back. Like of every other rom-com monologue in that scene. But it's but at the same time, at that point, it's almost an epilogue because like the, it's the fact that she's there at the gas station. Right. 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 Chasing her down. Cause the big, but we speech, see, we see that in like speech, the wedding day too and shit. Well, the big speech was when she fucking said it when she came out and said she loved Abby. So she's already like said she loves Abby. True, true. true. And so this, so the gas station speech was the epilogue. Like, yo, no, I'm like legit. This is still, uh, I'm still trying to be in you and on you. So at all times. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm sure> <laughs> no but for real i'm trying to be in you and on you at all times girl uh but like so, right now in the middle of this gas station like right now <laughs> anyway i'll give it a b too i don't even though i don't remember them actually kissing uh, um anyway uh what happens after ever after um uh, I like to think that Jane finds someone. <laughs> she, amongst her fans, she finds that special guy who. There you go. Who loves her, right? Well, actually, but then I don't want her to like end up with like a fan of her like stories or whatever. Like that just seems weird and open for like misery. Well, maybe it's not a like a like fan. As in the it's mo- just someone as in who the read movie- her book, sort of thing. As in wants- the movie Misery. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, but yeah, someone someone loves her properly. I I like that she that. deserves to be loved. I like that. I support that. I am an ally. Maybe it's Cooper. Maybe it's Cooper. Cooper. The the ex-boyfriend of uh harper ex-boyfriend of harper the dude that oh. the family loves yeah 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 isn't that connor connor whatever uh, cooper connor some some white ass fucking boring name one of my yeah. best friends is named connor i shouldn't say that <laughs> shout out to connor shout out to uh, connor anyway oh uh, What's your verdict for the film? Um, it's, as we've talked about, it's got a lot of good nuggets. Um, it's got bits and pieces. It's got, it's got the basic framework that we always look for in a rom-com. And of course it's got a new take on it. Um, does it, are any of those nuggets or, takes really that unique to this rom-com no uh do you have to watch this movie to get any of those nuggets or messages or great acting performances no so because of the redundancy of other movies that we can see these actors in uh these kinds of moments in i'm i i honestly gotta i gotta kill it Wow. Yeah. I know. And it's wow. and, it, and it has nothing to do with the sheer quality or anything. It's like it's just it, to me at this point with how many fucking episodes are we into now that there's all these other movies that you can watch that have everything in it that we talked about in this episode. Except for the gay storyline. 
that's the only thing as those reviews brought up that's really the only thing that it that it provides and it's like if if that's if that alone is what you need to see in this movie then by all means it's a fuck you gotta watch it it's worth it it's a quality film it's not that horrible but at the same time for me it's just like all right for me personally like i didn't need to watch it like i could have gotten the same kind of pleasure and uh you know one line jokes and and great character performance great acting performances i could have gotten all that in another rom-com Yeah, I would. I think it's a solid fuck, and I I look at it the same way that I look at the Netflix holiday rom coms, where mm. um, just every year they come out with another one that I enjoy watching. What maybe I'll watch it again sometime down the road, but like there'll be bits that I'll remember from this. I will remember having watched this. I you know. If someone I'm hanging out with has not seen it, decides they want to check it out, I'll watch it with them. You know, it's just one of those things where it's like, I'm I'm not mad I watched it. Right. I'm glad I have that in my, and so that's what, that's the idea well, of a fuck. Yeah. Like, I'm not mad I watched it. So, fuck. That's true. That's <laughs> like, true. I, well, this is, this is where for me it is, it's very much teetering. It's because I just, yeah, I hear you. It's definitely, it's, there's nothing horrible about it at all. If we, I think there's a, there's a slight sense of like moving the goalpost right now for you. It's just, it's just how, that's just how you're feeling right now. And if yeah. that's how you're feeling, that's how you're feeling. Fuck yeah, it. that's exactly what it feels like. Yeah. It's just you like. Know, where you just decided that like right now. This is how you feel. Like, I just feel like this movie is just, you know, touch me in this way. And that's it. Yeah. Okay. That's, and that's, that's completely valid. <laughs> your thoughts and your feelings are completely okay. This is, this is a safe space. This is, yeah. <laughs> this is totally okay. Totally fine. You can feel that way if you want. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but as far as for us, uh, the uh, socials on Instagram at Bromancing the Stone Podcast. That's all one word together. Bromancing the Stone Podcast on Twitter at Bro the Stone Pod. And that's B-R-O-T-H-E-S-T-O-N-E-P-O-D. And on Twitter, you can find me at Supermarket Sweep without the E and super. So that's S-U-P-R market sweep. And on Instagram, uh, at Relusa88, that's R-E-L-U-S-A-8. And also, I have a podcast with my sister, Rebecca, called We Watched RMTV, where we pick songs from the quote-unquote MTV generation that we call it. Um, Basically, from when MTV started to right around when TRL ended. And everywhere in between. It's a good time. You should listen to it. It's on Spotify only. You should. You should. Check that shit out. And Max? On Instagram, you can find me at the Lionhearted, which is T-H-E period L-Y-O-N-H-E-A-R-T-E-D. There we go. So, we're going to have another episode out for you on Monday. And I said it because I'm confident that Max will be down to watch this movie this weekend all right we've joked that it's pretty technically a rom-com it's got the elements of it and quite frankly i just feel like watching it again we're going to watch ocean's 11 yes oh i love these movies We're not watching 12. We're not watching 13. Neither of those are rom-coms. 11 <laughs> is a rom-com. 11 is a rom-com. And we, will, and we will get into that a little more on that next podcast episode, along with everything else. All right. All right. You, you sold me. Yeah, I'll definitely watch that shit. So Ocean's <laughs> 11 is what we'll watch <laughs> to start off 2022. 
Uh, but until then, for the tens and tens of listeners, we love y'all and we will catch you next year. Oh, oh happy new year, guys. We love you. <laughs>